you don't know the things that you do now to build a connection or to not ruin the connection, how it could be life-saving in a year from now, in two years from now, in three years from now. You don't know. You don't know. Rishmuel Burmam says when it comes to Pikuach Nefesh, you don't go Basaraiv. Even a miut shebemiut, even if it's a little chance, you could be Mechal Shabbos. Why? Because you don't know how they could spin. You don't know how your kids could spin. You don't know how they could think one day, I'm done with this world, and they could hurt themselves, or they can have a breakdown, or they can take a bad batch. There are people dying because there's fentanyl is, is out in the street, and people are, you, you don't know, you don't know. And you don't know how you could save them, and how quickly they can come back, and they can, they, can, they can make a right turn because you're there for them. So you have to think when they see what goes through their mind. And it has to be like her daughter that says, they can never live without me. They can never live without me. I don't care what they're doing bad. The more they're doing bad, the more rahmanas we have on them. The more they need you. So take off your hat of parenting and normal and expectations. Close your mind and open your heart. I gotta shower my love on this kid. I gotta do everything to compliment and boost and build and, and, and building, not put on tefillin, get a job. That's not what it is. It's from the inside to make them healthy that they should be more comfortable with us than anybody else in the world. That's what we're doing. And that's why we do the things we do. Because if they will go with you somewhere, right? I asked the Novim Aleinu. Imagine a girl goes out Matzah Shabbos, Saturday night, to the movies with a boy. A bunch of girls, a bunch of boys, they go to the movies. So it starts at 8 o'clock that they leave the house, then they go out to eat, right? And then 10 o'clock they go to the movie, let's say, and the boy pays for her ticket. She's going to have to pay back for that ticket. She owes him, right? At the movie theater, she puts his arm around. I don't have to get graphic here. Okay, and then afterwards they go hang out, they smoke weed, and, and shine, she's a girlfriend, and he's a boyfriend, and right? And they come home 5 o'clock in the morning. What if we can change that, that she would want to go with daddy? Everybody says, no, my kid doesn't want to go with me. What if we could change that? Take out the boy, take out all the friends, and that she would choose, I'm, I would rather go, and she would choose daddy. And at 8 o'clock, she would go with daddy out to a restaurant to eat. And at 10 o'clock, she would go with daddy to a movie. And then at 12.30, 1 o'clock, she would go to 7-Eleven with daddy and come home at 2.30 with daddy. Would that be good? I asked another Mitzkareba. Could daddy take her to a movie? If we can get her, if we can, which we do. Everybody says, I want to tell you, Healthy kids would rather spend time with their friends than their parents. What? Healthy kids would rather spend time with their friends than their parents. Our kids in pain would rather spend time with parents than their friends once you fully accept them. And the parents here, she's shaking her head, he's shaking, she's shaking, he's shaking. All the real TP parents here, more than two years, say it's true. They would rather, first of all, their, their friends are not real friends. Then nothing ever really happens. With you, once they feel fully accepted, when you say you make a plan, it's going to happen. It's just going to be more fun. But that only once you're fully accepted. So I asked the Nava Mitzgareba, we can make it happen. Is it okay? 
he said, quote, that's the easiest Shiloh to Paskin. You can go Tish above also. A blik fenagudl. That's the way a gadol understands that. We're saving lives. We're saving lives. Physical, emotional, and spiritual. Your kid will go with you. You know what? You're saving them to get involved with boys, drugs, girls, all that. When they go out with us, the worst thing for those of you that think that have a problem, some people here don't have a problem, but let's say very from yeshivish, chasidish, the worst thing they're doing is the movie. When they go out with their friends, that's the best thing they're doing. It's after the movie, and it's when everybody leaves and they're stuck with the boy and the girl. They, uh, do I have to get graphic? We have the least... Uh, I don't know if I could say this on video. We have the least bad stuff out of everybody. Because we're so permissive, you think that we should be having, I should have a thousand anaglach from you kids. No. Very rare. Because our kids are home. They're not forced to go out. And they're not forced to be with guys they don't want to be with because they have a home which makes their nefesh inside feel better than anybody on the street. Because Tati, you, know, you don't know how much power you fathers have. When you look at it, my love, my sunshine, I love you. Don't let anything get in the way. I mean, that's human. That's human. Dogs love their kids. Animals love their kids. And you can't love your kid because your hat is in the way or your religion is in the way. Don't let anything get in the way. It's not what Hashem wants. Again, we're going to ask your Rav any Shilas. We're never going to say, do anything that your Rav says no. But that your Yiddish guy should get in the way. Somebody told me, no, by us we don't hug. I said, really? Interesting, because Avram hugged Yitzchak. Yitzchak hugged and kissed Yaakov. But you're holier than that? And I'm not against Minhagim. But there's a time and a place I said, you don't hug your normal kids for reasons that, that's fine. This is not a normal situation. You go to the hospital and your kid's dying. You don't, you know, you stand there. Hi, Khani. Hi, how are you feeling? You're not a human being? You don't hug your, your child? It's not a regular time. Your kid's dying. Begashmius, benafshius, and baruchnius. You hug that kid, you don't let go. You don't let go ever. You never let go. Just don't let go. And the worse they are, the more they need your love. I'll tell you one more story and then we're going to get back to group. True story. All my stories are... <laughs> it's an unbelievable story. If you would know who the Gadol is, it's, it's unbelievable. It happened with me. This kid moved into home sweet home. He was one of my worst kids. Tough. He ended up after Om Sudom, we went to the Israeli army. Tough, huge guy, skinhead, no, no hair anywhere on his head, you know, shaved head. He told me, he was t- eight years from after, after his bar mitzvah, he fasted Yom Kippur by when he was 13, starting 14, Michal Yom Kippur. Eight years he was Michal Yom Kippur till I met him. And I arranged for him to go to his Zaydi who's one of the Ziknei Hadar, the day before Rosh Hashanah. So Erev, Erev Rosh Hashanah. The day before Erev Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah was, let's say, Tuesday night, so it was Sunday. Monday night, it was Sunday. 
And on the way we're driving, and this tough guy, he says, you know, eh, my parents never hug me. My, it's not our minog. My mother doesn't hug me. My father doesn't hug me. And I'm listening to this tough guy. looks like a, a mercenary. He looks like a, like a Ukrainian or a Russian. I don't know which one is the better or worse these days. He looks like a murderer. I, I, I know if you're watching now, I love you, but you look like a murderer then. He's much better. He was Chayzer B'tshuva. He learned in Kailu. He's a tzaddik. But you looked like, mm, very scared. You scared me. Not scared of you now, but you scared me then. I'm driving and he's talking about hugs. Rough, tough guy. If you would tell him you want to hug, get off me. Get away from me. Hugs. My mother, my father. It was strange to me. I didn't know anything. It was, I used to be a normal person, a regular guy. I opened home sweet home. All of a sudden, I, I, I'm hearing all this stuff. I didn't know what to do. So I went in with him to Zadie. Zadie's at the head of the table. He's sitting over there. I sat across. And after a couple minutes, I said, I'm sorry, I have a doctor's appointment. I'll be back in an hour. I saw Zadie go like this. I don't think he was expecting an hour. And, uh, and I left. I left. Got into my car, feeling a little guilty that I lied to the Godel Adar, because I didn't have a doctor's appointment. And I... Uh, called up this, his house. His mother picked up the phone right away. I said, hi, go, don't worry, everything's fine. He's alive. Everything's fine because he was very, he could have been not alive. I just want to ask you a question. He's talking to me about hugs. What's the story? You don't hug your kids? By us, very Hasidish, we don't really hug the kids. Yeah, my husband doesn't hug even the boys after bar mitzvah. Very extreme. We don't hug. But my husband did once hug him one time, even in public, when he went to, to Israel to learn to uh, this yeshiva for dropouts, that's what she said, whatever, with a ponytail. He even hugged him once, even in public. He did hug him once. I said, but what about Zaidi? What about Grandpa? She goes, ask him. So I waited some time, and I'm going inside. I don't know what to do. I came in that way, so the kid's back was to me. And I knew that I couldn't say, can I speak to your grandfather? And then afterwards, you know, I, I couldn't. So this is mamish what happened. I I walked in, and before the kid turned around, the Zaydi saw me, I said, and, I, and I went like this, like this. I felt very uncomfortable doing it to a, a Zakin Gadol Hadar, Manigadar. And I went like like this. like. So he got up, and then the boy got up, and the boy went to the kitchen where Grandma Bobby gave him some cookies that she gave, was waving to him, you know, and I had three seconds. He was old and frail, and he was standing behind me. I walked, he stood behind me, and I, I mamish had three seconds. I just turned to him, and I whispered in his ear, a bengtzach for a hug. He's, he's yearning for a hug. First of all, you see what a gadol is, because whatever reason that he doesn't hug his children and his grandchildren, he has a reason. But he knew on a spur, spur of the moment, he knew that now's not the time to keep that reason. As soon as I said it to him, he turned around, his hand was very shaky, and he goes like this, and the boy's standing behind him, he was walking, so he caught up to him, and the boy's huge, and he's small, and he's going like this, his hand was shaking, and the boy doesn't know what's going on over here, finally he gets his hand up to his neck, to his head, pulls his head down to him, gives a kiss, a chatzi hug like this, gives a kiss. 
wissen dick. I may believe like I didn't see anything. I continued walking. I went out to the car. He's sitting in the car. He's out of his mind. He's going out of his mind. This rough and tough 23-year-old, 24-year-old, rough, tough guy who was in rehabs and was, was so angry and so tough. Is He's going out of his mind. And he's, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. He's shaking back and forth. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. So I said, what happened? My Zaydi. My Zaydi. He hugged me. He kissed me. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. On and over and over again. I said to him, oh, that, I thought you said he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. I don't know what happened. He hugged me. He kissed me. He hugged me. He kissed me. And then silence. I was driving from where the Zaydi lives back to home sweet home, which was about a 15-minute ride. It was quiet. I'm at the light on Ocean Parkway in Avenue J. The light is red. And this boy sitting next to me turns to me and says, Avi, what do you think? Maybe I should start keeping Shabbos. Right then. Ten minutes later, on the way back for the 15-minute ride, seven minutes later, at the red light, Avi, what do you think? Maybe I should start keeping Shabbos? I, I didn't know anything. I wasn't trained. I knew I wasn't going to say, yes, of course you should keep Shabbos, and Yantif, and Hanukkah, and Purim, and, and, and Staka, and, and I got, actually I have a whole book here, it's 613 <laughs> stuff, I'm so happy you asked, it's a Shachan Aruch, it's a Rambam, yes. I also knew I shouldn't say, I'm going to Ganeiden, I'm going to Ganeiden, I got him to keep Shabbos, yes. I didn't know what to say, Hashem was kind and das when I told him, which I think it could be better, but I told him, I said, I can't tell you what to do, but I think if your neshama is telling you something, maybe you should listen. That's all I said. Friendly enough? No pressure. I said, I can't tell you, but maybe if your neshama is telling you something, maybe you should listen. Parents can't say that. I could say that. What should the parents Tomorrow, 9 o'clock. <laughs> he kept Rosh Hashanah two days. Tekiah Shafer was in Shul. He kept Shabbat Shuvah. He kept Yom Kippur for the first time in eight years. He was by Ni'ila. He was by Ni'ila. My sister saw him. She was looking at by the Mechitza. Tears, tears running down his cheeks on his machzer. Who cries so much by Ni'ila? He was crying eight years. He kept Shabbos after that. Then he kept Sukkot the first days. He kept Shabbos Chalamoid. He kept Shmini Atzeres. Simchas Teir, he was in my shul, I gave him an aliyah. First aliyah since his bar mitzvah. Of course, his aide gave him a kiss and a hug. You have so much power. <laughs>